Welcome, everyone, to the Akin Nerds Podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. What up? Han shot first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, we've got a lot going on for you. We're going to break down the movies that are coming out next month. Uh, we got some news in the cord-cutting world. And then, of course, we are going to be talking about Deadpool 2 at the very end. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, continue through the rest of the episode. And we will let you know when you've reached some spoilers. Uh, if this is your first episode, please go to intro.com slash nerd So you can go ahead and kind of learn a little bit about the show before you go ahead and jump into it. Or, as Brian suggested, maybe just jump in now and see what you get. It's, it's a wild card. Uh, so I do want to start. Uh, I've activated my trap card. <laughs> so let's start off this uh, this episode uh, talking about the movies that are coming in the theaters in the month of June in a segment that we call the blockbuster. Brian, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> that you is said, what you meant, right? Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. Brian put so much work and effort and energy into making sure that he had all the movies listed in the blockbuster this month. And then I happened to find a BuzzFeed article that did all the work for us. So sorry, Brian. You're a dick. But go ahead, man. Tell me what's coming out in the month of June. I'm excited for Upgrade. Yes. Uh, June 1st is Upgrade. Is that June 1st? Yeah. June 1st is Upgrade. We talked about Upgrade. Do we need to talk about it more? Yeah, no, I'm excited so. about it. It's a guy that's not Tom Hardy, but really looks like Tom Hardy, but it's not Tom Hardy. Who also played the Shocker. Thank you, Josh. That's right. That's, he did. We can we can probably skip forward to June 8th with Ocean's 8, right? June 8th is Ocean's 8, which I'm not exactly excited that's, for. You're crazy talk. It's an I'm, Ocean's movie. I'm not sold yet, but that's the it's thing. It's not it's an, an Ocean's, Ocean's movie, movie so unless it. it's got George Clooney first it's and foremost. It's an Ocean's movie, and it has what's-her-name in it. Sandra Bullock? No, not her. The other Kate one. Blanchett? Kate Blanchett? Kate, yes. Kate Blanchett? Please and thank you. But it you. also has um, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, fine. Which give is me, such a me. weird... There's no... She's like, just walking around wearing diamonds. What do you care? Anne Hathaway is the um, is the uh, Anthony Garcia character. That's fine. I love her. She's fantastic. I have an issue with Rihanna. I don't think she can act. Anyway, moving on. She's just gonna say booyah a bunch of times. I don't. I. I. I but it will be terribly acted. Her she's booyah. Gonna, will, she's gonna ask you to stand under her umbrella. Ella? Uh, I. Hey, Ella. Hey, Ella. Ella. Hey, Ella. Hey. 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 Under my umbrella. Right okay. Away. Also, on June 8th, another movie we talked about already is Hotel Artemis. And this is, I am actually very excited for this movie. I am movie. excited about this movie, too. I don't care what any of you say. And then shit. Josh is a, 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 a Nancy, I don't know the word. You're a is. cotton ninny, nunny muggins. Hey, hey. <laughs> Only we can say that word. Go Who ahead. You're calling a ninny muggins. I think you're crazy, Josh, for not liking this movie. Stir the how about, how about Won't You Be fun. My Neighbor, same day? I'm going to be like ugly crying during this. I'm not seeing it in the theater, though. I got movie pass. This is movie pass movie. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to catch me. Just yeah, no. Well, we can probably we can probably move on to the best movie of the month now. Right. Yeah. June 15th is Incredibles 2. Yay. It's going to be amazing. Took forever. It's my birthday weekend and I got to fly to San Francisco the following Monday. So this is going to be the highlight of my weekend. This is the closest thing we're going to get to a really good Fantastic Four movie for a while. So um, let's enjoy it. Who knows? It may come sooner than you think. But also June 15th is another movie I know we're excited for because we also talked about it was Tag. This movie, again, has no right to be so good. But it is. It is so good. It's so good. It's got Jeremy Renner and Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe's in this? No, John Hamm. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa, I didn't see that. Jeremy Renner and John Hamm. God, now I want a Jeremy Renner and Rob Lowe and John Hamm movie. I, I want know, those three. No, Rob Lowe should make a cameo in this. I hope. Oh God, make that happen. It's you, already filmed. You can't make it happen. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can make it happen. We, if we can do the Christopher Plummer, we can make Rob Have Lowe in this movie. Have you never seen Fight Club? There's a cigarette burn, and we splice in a dick. But instead <laughs> of a dick, it's a Rob. We Lowe. splice in Rob Lowe. Yes. Okay. Um. June 22nd is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I am also excited for. Finally June's on board a very for this good movie. month overall. It's a good month. Yeah. It's a good month. Um, and June and then Sicario. is Sicario Day of Soldado. Now, I really wanted to see the first Sicario. I heard amazing things about it. <gasps> you haven't seen Sicario seen seven either. times I have like seen I Sicario. have? Oh, no, my God. It's, it's uh, Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro. and Emily I know Hunt. who's in it. I want Do to see you? it. Do you? I feel like because you haven't seen it, you're not aware of who's in it and therefore need to be reminded. Oh, I will see it eventually. Oh, uh, dude. You know, you know what Sicario is? Sicario is a perfect airplane movie which is why i've seen it umpteen times 
Here's my question. Can you be reminded of something you don't know? Yeah, I just reminded you of things that you don't know. Is that like an Inception thing? I mean, I reminded you that you don't know things. Here's my problem. And here's what I think is actually going to happen to Mr. Brian Thornton over there. Uh, because he doesn't hasn't seen Sicario one, and probably won't see Sicario one by the time Sicario two comes out. He's got a month. He's to not see going it. to see this movie. You got a month to see it. You can I'm, see Sicario I'm in the next week, right? You can take two hours out of your life for like a a brilliant yeah. a brilliant cartel. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Cop versus no, no, no. Monday's Memorial Day, so that means no working. So I could probably do it Monday. 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 Sicario today. I think again. Yeah. I think again. I think I can. I can, I can, I can. So between Incredibles and Jurassic World, you're, we're saying Incredibles is the, the the movie of the month. It is for me. It, it is for me, too. I love Jurassic World, but, well, sure, I've, but waited, like, I've waited 15 I mean, years for a sequel to Incredibles. Right, right. Nope. Most anticipated sequel in a very long time. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with that. I just want to make sure we were all, all together. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, time for my favorite hobby in the world is to go around the Internet, find the weird, find the obscure, and then ask these two gentlemen for a tech perspective. And uh, we're starting off with. uh, Are you a modem? Tech perspective. It's always the whisper, by the way. It always gets me. So a new trademark is suggesting that Nintendo is actually going to be releasing a Nintendo 64 classic. He says with a question mark at the end of it, they trademarked the N64 uh, on there. And and I'm a, I'm kind of excited for this because I have an N64 that I've slowly been accumulating games for. And it's a pain in the ass. It's so difficult that I would I would pay for have a N64 classic. It's always difficult to get old Nintendo games because they're so popular. Yeah, of course they're popular, but I'm not sure who thought this wasn't coming. Yeah, I don't know but, why yeah, this no. is a surprise. I mean, like, it's not a surprise, right? It seems like the natural progression. They've done NES I mean, next they're going to do a GameCube. Out, Super NES Classic sold out. This will sell out and then they'll do a GameCube Classic and a Game Boy Classic and then I'll have all sorts of classics and <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fully to this. You'll be a, you'll be a classic man. I, I am a classic. Man. Next will be the Nintendo Switch Classic. Just really, I mean, before it's even you know onto the next I, console. It's not though. even. I mean, I, I love my Nintendo Switch. It's already classic in my heart. And they so. are going to reissue the NES Classic due to demand. So I mean, that's what speaking it's made. of which. I built three cardboard toys from my Nintendo Labo. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Um, wonderful. Hang on, hang on. Is one a fishing rod? Is it a fishing rod? So for those of you who don't know what the Labo is, Labo is the Nintendo Switch uh, accessories, I guess, that are made out of cardboard that sync up to mini games. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what Brian made. Brian, what'd you make? Oh, it was a fishing rod. I'm so happy. So you put you, what's really cool is you put the you put the switch in here in, in this little like where uh, you cast like the thing that you cast out. Well, the, the thing you cast out is built into this base and you put the switch to the base. And then when you play the game, the ocean is on the base. And then um, you can, you know, kind of lower and, and raise your, your rod to lower the line. But here's the coolest thing. This is all cardboard. And it moves. You can reel it in. That's really cool. There's no, there's no plastic gaskets or there's No, any- it's all cardboard. Uh, there's a, I mean, there's a couple rubber bands to, like, uh, well, sure, there would have feed to be. the rod. But, like, but like, it all clicks and everything, which is cool. And then... Okay, yes, and then second... I built our future house, Josh. <laughs> a tiny house. It's like a bird it's house. a tiny little house. It's got, it's got a key that you can turn. <laughs> and it's got, it's got... I don't know what this is. It looks like a jack-in-the-box wind-up. Like a, if, oh, if something and, pops out of the chimney, I'm going to freak the fuck out. <laughs> no, nothing pops out of the chimney. You put the, the switch uh, controller in the chimney, but... When you put the the switch in the house here, there's this little animal, and you can drown it, which is fun. That's what this is for. So, do we what we have like a dog or like a do we it's, have do we have like a tamagotchi? What do we it have is there? like a tamagotchi. It's like this little critter hanging out in the house, and like he does all sorts. So, depending on how many different keys you have in the house, different stuff happens. Like I can either drown it or I can make it a bouncy house. Stop! Or Why are you I drowning can, uh, animals? Open the door and, and scare it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it actually drowns. Nintendo would never let that happen. Okay. It swims. It has fun. Yeah, it does a little inner too. What What I'm hearing is that our house is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Did I, I think at some point life used to be so hard, but Brian, now everything is easy because of you. Anyway, 
that's my review of the Nintendo Labco. It was fun. I don't know how anybody under the age of 12 could do anything. I had difficulty putting some of this stuff together. <laughs> I'm 31 years old, and I'm like, what the he did. He did look like a child coloring. Like he had his tongue. Like uh, his tongue was out. He was like super. But I still, focused. Uh, I still really, really want to build the piano, which is in there. But it, it literally like that fishing rod took me like three hours. So Dude, that piano is gonna uh, take listen, me like five. I, I've seen Paul build a Lego uh, Millennium Falcon in like thirty seconds. So like time lapse is a wonderful device. <laughs> I'm just saying you should probably partner up with him. I, f- I feel like he could would, he could get this labo done. No, for seriously, for real, you should totally time lapse that. I would watch the shit out of that. Right, for sure. Oh my god. Oh, all right, I'll have to enlist Paul to do that. But okay. Now, Josh, this topic came from you. Uh, there was a an ad from Samsung called Moving On. Can you kind of walk me through this ad a little bit? And then uh, I'd love to dissect it with you. Uh, absolutely. So <laughs> I, I, mm, I watch a lot of baseball. Yeah. And there's a lot of these 30-second ads. So I sent you guys the full ad. Yes. Which shows you this lady like on her plane having problems with her phone, which by the way is an iPhone six and it's, you know, like four generations old. They um, explicitly say that in the they ad. Do. Why they say it in the iPhone, iPhone six, iPhone six, iPhone six. Yeah. Um, so she's having problems on the plane. She lands. It's raining. I don't know why the rain exacerbates her phone problems, but for some reason it does. She gets in a cab, super frustrated, goes to an Apple store, like trudges through puddles. She could have avoided by just not walking through them. <laughs> um, but like, again, goes into the Apple store, is standing there with some guy that, you know, they've, Samsung has portrayed as uncaring and sort of aloof. And honestly, I've never run into that in an Apple store ever. So that's weird. Uh, but like, oh, you've got problems. You can disable their performance management feature, but you know, that may, that may lead to performance, you know, like issues. And she's like, Oh, battery throttling. Right. So like, obviously, right. Obviously calling out like the media, right. The the media friendly stuff. Right. Uh, And then he's like, or you can just upgrade it. And she like kind of throws her iPhone on the table. And then they flash to her, like in her hotel room, super happy with her new Samsung that she has no idea how to use, but uh, (laughs) apparently she's already texting. Even though she has no fucking clue how to use it. So I have several I have several issues with this ad. I threw this in a tech perspective because I, I think this type of advertising is not only misleading, it's faulty. Right? <laughs> First and foremost, if you have an iPhone 6, you're four generations old and you should upgrade. I mean, you just should. Yeah. Let me let me let me draw a parallel. If you had a Galaxy S6, that would have been dead three years ago. <laughs> Yeah. It would not be operating right now. Correct. The fact that you've been using the same phone for four years is a goddamn miracle. And you shouldn't be like surprised that you have battery issues or that it doesn't do what you want it to do when you want it to do it the way you want it to do it. Because it's four years old and any technology that's that old isn't going to perform the way you want. So this ad I have problems with, right? Not just that piece, but like anyone who's ever switched platforms. And I think a lot of us, at least a lot of our podcast listeners probably have switched or tried other platforms. And you know that like the first week or two of that is like the worst week of your life where you're just, you don't know where anything is. Like even if you've customized it, it doesn't fit into your muscle memory. So there's a problem, right? And the world isn't right. But apparently this chick, by the time she got in bed in her hotel room, she was completely familiar with the Android OS and the Samsung skin that's on top of it. Right. No. A, no. B, false. Uh, C, nope. My my other favorite thing about this is uh, they have a couple classic Samsung tropes in there. Number one is they have the, the guy with the notch forehead, uh, the notch haircut, carrying a child. Okay, whatever. In the rain. In the rain. Waiting in a line that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. There's Not no there. line. No line. But he's uh, just waiting there. Had that guy there again. I was like, oh, all right. They're, I'm they're shocked done. he wasn't smoking a cigarette and blowing it in the kid's face. <laughs> yeah. And and Josh, you and I have worked in the mobile space. This was our career for several years. And you and I both know that if one, have, one of the best jobs I ever had. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And if you, you and I both know if someone came up to us with an issue with a four year old phone, 
it would not be oh well let's just upgrade it would be let especially if we're in a, a retail environment let me explain to you what is happening why it's happening let me illustrate why it's going on and let's fix it because let's we're going talk to about also, your options because we're also going to show you financially that there's no incentive for you to hold on to this phone. Like you're you're actually you're it's it's you're backwards. You're upside down on the mortgage on that phone. Yeah. You really are. You're giving money away right. that you don't need to give away. You were locked in for however long. Nobody's locked in anymore. Everything's this, you know, like a lease now, right? right? But the moment you can upgrade, like month 12 for an iPhone person or if you're in that Samsung program, as soon as you hit that 50% mark where you can upgrade, if you choose not to, you're giving money away, yeah, right? Or you're, you're compromising technology or both. But either way, you're losing. And here's the and, other and the other part, too, from uh, uh, from the perspective of Samsung, they're trying to show people how bad their iPhone is now and that they should be switching over to Samsung. But in my opinion, what they're making to do it is say, you're stupid for holding on to this phone and you're dumb for not switching. I'm like, that doesn't make me want to go and give that company money. It's it's the same, like, but Apple's not going to run a commercial like you have a Galaxy S6. Because you know who has a Galaxy S6? Nobody. No one. Well, that's not true. Uh, children that got the hand-me-down that's... The Boost Mobile customers, only. too. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe Boost Mobile customers, right? But, no, like, nobody's using a Galaxy S6 because it's four generations old and nobody's using it because it's old. Yeah. Like, it's just... It doesn't, they don't last that long, right? But that's common sense. People should realize iPhones actually do last three, four years. Mm -hmm. But but when they're that old, right, there's going to be performance issues. iOS is viably upgradable for three generations. That's longer than any other operating system anywhere. And it's the same thing with Mac OS. There's no difference Three generations is how long you get out of Apple products. Not, you can't say that about Samsung. So I just, I like it raises it, it my hurts. bile. Like it, my bile in essentia over here. I'm super fucking angry <laughs> about this ad because Apple isn't going to strike back proportionally. They'll make a joke or two, but like this is serious. Yeah. And, you know, people who aren't smart, you know, 60% probably <laughs> are are watching this going oh uh, my iphone is slow uh, maybe samsung is the answer it's not the answer and here's the thing you're gonna get the phone and you're gonna go i just don't know it yet you're gonna tough it out for two weeks you're gonna realize you hate it you really hate it and you won't be able to return it. And now you're stuck with it for 12 months. And uh, listen, I, I, Apple is going to make some kind of response. Uh, next week is their developers conference. So I'm sure they'll make some jab at Samsung and OS uh, you know, updates and how that works. So we'll uh, f probably circle back to how Apple responds to this stupid ad. But yeah, I, I'm glad that we got to give a little bit of perspective on that. Stupid. All right. The uh, Here's the next topic that is. Uh, Josh, do you need to, to vent a little bit? <laughs> Are you upset by this commercial? I'm confused. <laughs> Bro, every time and, and it's one of those ads that runs at every commercial break on um, the MLB at bat app, like where, where oh, I see, watch all that, my baseball. See, here's your problem. You're watching sports. <laughs> now, <laughs> Is that a problem? If you didn't watch sports, sports you wouldn't you be subjected this. to this I, commercial. I, so I've I, never I seen this commercial. I watch at minimum one baseball game every single day. This every is the day. first time I've seen this commercial, probably because I don't watch sports. And it's. And this commercial is on at every commercial break on every game all the time. And it is a perfect segue into our next topic because I hadn't seen this commercial because I don't have cable. So I don't I like I, I don't interact with this crap, which brings us into uh, our next topic. Uh, I have been working on a updated guide to cord cutting. Uh, so this way I'm walking you through what equipment to buy, what streaming services are worth it, uh, how much money will you save. And then what I have done also is I've created a spreadsheet that you can download. Uh, you can plug in your current costs and choose from the other providers and see what your savings will be or won't be because there are some options that are a little more expensive. The reason I did this is uh, a report came out uh, just the other week that cable has lost 3.4 million TV customers since 2012, and I and several other people that I know of that I've talked to and helped them through this process are part of that number, are part of that statistic. And I know that, Josh, I, I know you're a guy who would love to do that if DirecTV 
would give you your sports package that you want so, to get. And, out and it's not it's not just that, right? So a bunch of people were like, <clears throat> you know, hey, use the uh, you, you know, if you have a .edu, you can you can use the student thing, right? So I go and I test that out, which uh, the student thing, by the way. Uh, if you're a, if you're an active student, you can get NFL Sunday ticket for like $110 using your .edu email address, which is $250 less than the regular price, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So I, I go try to do it only to find out that you actually have to be enrolled in courses to qualify, which I am not and don't, even though I have a .edu. So we're back to the same. All I want to do is watch all the football all the time when it's on, right? The the baseball the baseball package is actually in my opinion the very best sports package available. It's $110 if you're a baseball fan, you can stream it really on any device. It's available everywhere. The NFL Sunday ticket is nowhere close to available anywhere. It's not available based on address, based on device. Uh, it's just Super frustrating. So, and that's something that I address in my cord cutting article, right? So, if you go to blog.thatkindofnerd.com or go to the show notes, you'll see adjust your set, a guide to cord cutting, and I address sports because uh, for most cord cutters, there's a few issues that they that they want in order to actually make this change. The first one is usually want a simple and comprehensive setup. You want access to live television. Uh, usually, want all the major networks, so ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, on demand features, and DVR. Like I said, access to live sports and saving money. And that's what this guy does. Now, live football in, in particular, live sports is extremely tricky. But if you follow the guide that I have here, you will actually be able to get the live local games that are on there. You're not going to get every game like you're doing with Josh's apps or Josh's services that he's talking about for MLB. So what I'll say and what I'll recommend to these people is, is the simple fact. Try this stuff out before you actually cut the cord with your cable company. Uh, figure out what some costs are going to be with them. Like, like do your due diligence before you actually get rid of the service. The This trend is just growing and growing and growing. There's so many people that are in this space from YouTube all the way down to Sling TV. Uh, so I made sure to kind of go through it all and and give you a comprehensive guide of, of what's available to you. So if this is something you're interested in, you read this article and you have questions, please reach out directly to me. I have no problem uh, answering your questions on at that kind of nerd at Twitter or at CJ Mellon uh, or put a comment in the article. Please reach out. I will. I will gladly walk you through any of the process. Yeah. And me too. Uh, not just from a like CJ is really good with the programming breakdown stuff like that but as far as an av setup what's best things like that if you need any help recommendations i'm here for you so the the other thing that this leads into is the 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 rise of cord cutting has also led to some some different news when it comes to these streaming services and even briefly today today just for a little bit of time netflix actually passed disney when it came to profitability in the market they were the most profitable company for just a just a smidge for today. But Netflix is now, I mean, just a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Uh, so it's it's incredible. Even, even if they pass them for a minute, right? With, right? with the market ebbing and flowing as it does, they're, they're, you're never going to stay on top, obviously. But the fact that we're talking about Netflix in the same breath as Disney is absolute insanity when I think about the five DVDs that would show up in my apartment mailbox for <laughs> right, me to yeah. rip. And ship back for five more to be there two days later for me to rip and ship back. <laughs> this is oh CJ, I have DRM like, those, does not stop you, sir. Those those case logic books. Yep, I probably have seven of them, <laughs> and I don't own a DVD player to play any of this stuff. This this is insanity that we're talking about Netflix as a serious provider of media, and and then. I reflect on that after the cord cutting discussion we just had. I watch Netflix probably 50% of the time, sports apps 25 to 33, and then the rest is iTunes, movies, TV, and like 1% Hulu. Yeah, here's here's actually the way that I'm doing the best part about cord cutting is is there's no contracts on any services that you sign up for. So I currently, right now, have access to no live TV with the exception of my antenna, right? So I have my networks through the antenna, uh, and I don't. Get How is that? How is that really? Um, if you buy the right antenna, 
perfectly fine. I have a I have a applicate I have an app on my Apple TV that makes it all digital and so I know I know that I know that Jenny I know that your wife is a huge Pittsburgh sports fan. Yes. So you need the antenna for that, right? Because CBS, or do you use the CBS app? Uh, when it comes time to actually, when it comes time for the Steelers and a couple other programs that we're really into, like Doctor Who, uh, that's when we get uh, YouTube TV, actually. And we buy that for the length of time that those shows or that. So what are you on. watching using the antenna? Uh, on the antenna, just sometimes I'll, we'll, we'll watch something local, like on, on uh, NBC, there'll be something that we see or uh, a show that we're interested in. Fox, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it, obviously, uh, where it's available streaming, it's streaming HD. Yeah. So with an antenna, what you is it, actually what get is it? better than HD. It's That's actually, what I'm asking. Right. It's actually a better image quality and a, a, a second or two ahead of streaming services. So you get better image quality, better sound, and just a better all time frame for it. Uh, the thing, though, is antennas are extremely fickle. Like it's the hard, and I acknowledge this in the article, it's the hardest part of cord cutting is setting up your damn antenna. Once you have the antenna set up properly... It, it's glorious. So it's a great way to keep access to live TV without having to be dependent on technology per se. So if my Apple TV breaks, uh, right. something happens on the internet, I lose the internet, uh, I still have access to television. So it's, so it's optional, but I highly recommend it. So then you're recommending when setting up an antenna, having someone tech savvy or at least having a partner with you to calibrate. Yes. And there's a website that I put in the article that tells you what kind of antenna to buy in the sense of where your towers are. Because sometimes you have a tower that is to the south of you, so you need to buy a, a good 360 antenna. Uh, it, it, the antenna is the, com- the most complicated part of this. But yes, have somebody else with you who has a little bit of tech know-how to calibrate where your antenna should go in your house or even outside your house. Where you lost La- Laura was where you said south. Because she's really not sure at any point what south is. She just thinks it's down. <laughs> There's a compass app on her phone that she can. Oh, wait, she has an iPhone 6, doesn't she? Oh, no, throw it out the window. It's out of here. Uh, but listen, that's enough about cord cutting and all that. Uh, again, questions about that, uh, reach out to me. But uh, it's crazy to see the world is going uh, in that direction. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how you guys are, are, are thinking about that. How are you, listener? How are you actually thinking about maybe uh, cutting the cord? Definitely want to hear from that. It is now time to look at the world of TV and movies in a segment that I love to call Screen to Screen. Uh, and we're going to start off with a, a very interesting announcement uh, from Netflix. We're carrying on with them that Ryan Reynolds is going to be in a movie directed by Michael Bay. Josh, I think you found this topic. I'm very curious where this came. Yeah, I, I found this shit. This is uh, because it's it's another Netflix crazy idea where they're going to invest a bajillion dollars, a huge like their biggest uh, their biggest movie investment yet on Ryan Reynolds and Michael Bay. In a shoot 'em up, basically. I mean, it's it's about it's about six billionaires who fake their own deaths to form an elite squad that takes on bad guys. Like, I mean, it's essentially. I say, is it of, like a suicide squad? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, I think no, it's of like it the more, team. I think oh, okay. more like. Well, I'm actually thinking more like the Kingsman, like how the Kingsman started oh, with, right. with money, right? Is, money. Is this more? Is because the A team had no money, right? Is but this? The, movie, but the A team has Mr. T. It's six Batmans. Six Batmans. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One of Mr. T's gold chain is at least worth one Batman. The A team had money. It was just all physically on Mr. T. It, it was. He didn't trust the bank, so he walked around with the gold. Um, is so, this more money right. than they spent with Martin Scorsese to to get him and Robert De Niro together to to do yeah. that? Is more money than that? Yeah, I, I I think I read it was like 150. Uh, did I get that right? I know Bright was 90 million dollars. So yeah, this this dwarf it is 150. Bright. So yeah. it's 150 million dollars. Wow, that's crazy for Netflix. That's insane, right? Like what's, I mean, a Michael Bay film is a $200 million film at any studio. Right, Brian. And a and hundred million of that's just explosions. Right. In his pants. And then another 50 million in actual explosions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that checks out. But Brian, I have a question for you. Uh, the, every time we talk about Netflix movies, their original movies, we don't like them as much. Like they're not as good as regular blockbuster movies. Uh, I loved bright. I loved bright, but I, all right, I didn't love Bright. I liked Bright, but I've liked movies I've seen in theaters. Better I than I've seen have a light Bright. 
Uh, I figured. It, well, what? what do you, I have a light break too. Well, what do you think about this? Is this is this the movie that can kind of break that? And maybe give critics and fans to agree that a Netflix original movie is good. Listen, I like Michael Bay. I don't care what anybody says about Michael Bay. I like Michael Bay. Is half of his movies crap? Sure, but I, the other half are highly entertaining, and I like them. I don't care if it's easier to train astronauts to drill. I enjoy Michael Bay, <laughs> and I love Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is funny. Ryan Reynolds can shoot a gun. Ryan Reynolds is totally ripped and can kick some ass. This is a great idea. Will it be critically acclaimed? Probably not, because I'm thinking anything Michael Bay is automatically going to get trashed by critics. But I think it's going to be good. I'm down. Can't wait to see a trailer. So, Josh, uh, another topic I saw that that you had found, uh, I would love for you to just kind of explain that there may be a Parks and Rec reunion if the right people say the right things. What what What's going on? What is the story around this? I don't know. I don't know if there may be one. I know that... Because Nick Offerman is married to Megan Mullally, it was discussed on Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler on the Ellen DeGeneres show recently. Um, so it was discussed uh, as, you know, because Will and Grace came back, right? Well, would Parks and, Parks and Rec come back? Uh, they'd all do it. Sure. Didn't we already have a Parks and Rec reunion in season seven? Parks it wasn't a re- was it wasn't awful. a reunion. It was just set in the future. No, no, no. It was off for like a year and a half before season <laughs> yes. seven came out. They they did pick it up. Season after six was supposed to be the ended. end of the show, and yes. then they brought it back for season seven. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd call that a reunion. But I know I'm being sarcastic. My, yeah, my, I, my point is this: the show's done. It ended. You know where all those characters go in the in their lives. That was the I whole know, point of the I last know, episode. But I need but I need more. <laughs> I need I need That's more what Netflix is for Josh. I need more Nope Wyatt. I need more Andy Dwyer. I need more Ron Swanson right now. I, I need, need more Burt Macklin more than anything. <laughs> Burt but... Macklin. Macklin, you son of a bitch. I, I mean, I love the show, but it, I need it's more over. treat yourself. So here's here's the condition that that Offerman gave uh, at the Ellen show. He said, <laughs> we said that if Beyonce will play the mayor, we'll bring the show back. And that, and that's Beyonce Knowles, the singer, the <laughs> right. entertainer. He did qualify this day, which I thought was that's great. What Beyonce, so, I mean, uh, they're saying... It, Ellen was like, I'm not sure which Beyonce you were talking about <laughs> until you said that. So I, that's good. Uh, then Polar said, I know I'll speak for everybody that we will do it. Uh, I think we'll think about it all day that it will be amazing. But it's... if I mean... And I'm not sure anybody has ever been confused about Amy Poehler being in charge, <laughs> right? I mean, right. I, in my in my head, she is Leslie Nope. I really, I, she's not Amy Poehler anymore, right? And they're doing a show together called Making It. So it's it's Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman together doing a, a a craft show, I think, on NBC. So I mean, they're they're probably literally just sitting down and you know in between takes and being like, you know, this reminds me of what the one time that Jerry spilled you know the coffee on somebody or. Uh, so uh, listen, I, I I kind of agree with Brian on this though. While I love Parks and Rec, I would love to see more. The, sh- the show wrapped up really well. It was one of the best series finales that I I, I can remember recently. So uh, I I'm sorry, but I think that if they don't do it, no one should be like, "But they said they may." The show ended very well. Let's 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 not let's not go crazy here, people. And our final piece of uh, movie news is. The Lego Movie is getting a sequel. It's called The Lego Movie Two. The As second it damn well part. should. Was there a fucking doubt that there was getting a sequel? I'm very oh, confused. No, this is a huge franchise. There were like I don't know why this is news. I really don't. Well, because no, it, it was the fact that it has like a name. Like it's 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 it has like, a we, logo. It's alive. It's real. It's now. It's here. Call me when I get a trailer. I don't care about the logo. I honestly don't even care about the name. I knew they were making a Lego Movie Two. Call me when I get a trailer. Well, now it is time to look at the world of comics, how it's affecting TV, how it's affecting movies, but most of all, how it's affecting everyone this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Cape Talk. Cape Talk! Uh, so it was announced that uh, DC Superhero Girls are actually going to be getting their own TV series. Uh, and we had a few fans that had some things that they wanted to say about that idea. Hello, this is Maddie Mellon, CJ Mellon's niece. And, um... I am going to talk about the new DC Superhero Girls show. And um, first they came out as a doll. And I think that it's going to be a really great show because I like how there's, like, girl versions of superheroes. And I like how 
it's it looks really fun and like active and I think kids around my age are going to like it even though I'm pretty old <laughs> um <laughs> but I think it looks really cool and I've been collecting these dolls like forever and I've been getting it for my family so I really think that your kids and your family and friends should really watch this even though the graphics may not look that good I think you guys should really watch it and I I just really like it all right I love you, Uncle TJ. So, so my niece, who apparently is is very old. Yes, Maddie, you're you're old, and we're not going to mention the fact that I just turned thirty on that. Then, then. Uh, is all about it. And these were dolls before they were a, a show. Uh, and I love the fact that she's already critiquing the animation. She's already going. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so sure there's going to be that good animation. Uh, I'm looking at you, Teen Titans Go, but. Uh, definitely, definitely worth a try. Uh, but then we also had another fan who decided that she also would like to have her feelings known. I like the DC superhero girls because they all have their own special powers. I also like them because it's a mix between good and evil. She does like she does like contrasting good and evil, <laughs> which is important uh, when it comes well, no, to. No, it's actually her entire personality. I <laughs> hate you because I was going to ruin this topic with negativity, and then you entered cute little girls into this. <laughs> so now I can't say anything. No, because they no. love Zoe. Loves- I love this show. If Zoe gets to watch it, that's all I care about. Please let this be a thing tomorrow. Zoe loves her action figures. Uh, she has all of them. Yep. She she really likes that there's she does like that there's evil mixed in with the good. <laughs> it was very odd, I think. But uh, to see her so passionate about comic book characters makes me happy. So this show makes me happy. It, it was the same thing with my niece. This was some, uh, This was one of the things that was really helping her with in the nerdy culture. But the, the, the girl's been to more Comic-Cons than, than I and probably Josh have ever been to. She's met Stan Lee. Like, I mean, she's also met John Barrowman. Like, she's, she's, she's got some good cons and some good, some good meets and autographs under her belt. So, uh, I do like the fact that they're making something that she can get excited about that she's been collecting and something that, uh, they, they can finally put some life into. So, uh, way to go, DC. Wow, I didn't think I would say that. That feels weird. Let's talk about some Marvel then. That'll help me feel a little bit better. Uh, apparently, Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks to play Mysterio in Spider Man Homecoming 2. Um, I uh, am all on board with this because Jake Gyllenhaal's head will be covered by a fishbowl. Yes, I want this now. Give it to me. <laughs> all of it. Here's the now. thing. I heard somebody else going, you know, when I look at the rogues uh, gallery that Spider-Man has, I don't think Mysterio really lends himself to. Oh, my God. Villain. You shut your whore mouth. And I was Who like, was yeah, that? I that's, find that's a bad statement. I was like, are you Who an idiot? Who was that? Who was that? It was somebody else it? on another Who podcast. Who is I'm it? not going to call them out. Can someone please explain to the people who have no idea who Mysterio is why this is a good idea for a movie villain? Mysterio was a special effects person before he became a villain. It literally is all going to be awesome special effects like a, a dragon in New York, which is something he did in the comic books. Or the bridge, a Brooklyn bridge disappearing. Or or multiples of people. Like, it... Uh. I've been wanting this character in a movie since Spider-Man 1. This is like the, this is a no-brainer. This is going to be some awesome over-the-top special effects with some humor because you got Tom Holland in there to be like reacting to crazy stuff happening in the middle of New York or the fact that probably for one scene, Mysterio will have a fishbowl head. I don't foresee them doing that for the entire movie, but maybe for one scene, as long as I get one reference, one fishbowl reference, I'm good. This is an amazing idea. Jake Gyllenhaal is a great actor. I don't care who you are, what you think about anything. I am right. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you what? That's all we have to say on that topic. That I don't. Yep. I don't think you can do anything better than that. Nope. Uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had talked about that HBO is going to be doing its own Watchmen series. Uh, we had a lot of questions about it as to what they would be doing. Uh, a lot of news came out about this. I want to start off with uh, some casting news and then move on to a little bit about the creator and the writer of, of this, uh, this this show. Uh, we got news that Regina King, Don Johnson, and uh, a couple other people, I'm trying to see if anyone here's name really jumps out at me, uh, have been cast in the, the lead roles for the series. Um, anyone on here that I'm like really missing that's like really worth your time? I don't even think Regina King or Don Johnson are worth your time, but okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, someone didn't watch Nash Bridges. No, I did not. 
but Josh, you had found you're on fire this week. Thank you, Josh. So you had found a Reddit post of uh, the, the screenwriter for this movie kind of explained a little bit about his approach to the show and what he's doing. So walk me through this. This was, uh, I think, for me, the craziest nerdy thing I came across this week. Right. Because this Damon Lindelof um, is coming under fire for adapting Alan Moore's classic, The Watchmen. He, so what Lindelof did was wrote a letter, an open letter. A five-page open letter. And he, and he posted it. Dear fans of Watchmen, he posted it on Instagram, written in the style of The Watchmen story. It was fucking brilliant. And he goes, I think, what, two pages before transitioning into first-person speech addressing fans directly. He tells his story the way that Watchmen is narrated, the story of how he got to do this, and then he addresses fans directly. This couldn't be more perfect, more self-deprecating, more humble, more also, I'm going to do it my way, but I so understand your way that you're going to love this, is what I came away with. Like, I I know when I first brought it to Brian, Brian was like, no, 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 no. But hopefully, after reading this, Brian agrees with me. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh that hurt. That hurt me. Listen, I, I, I am extremely open. I, I, I'm going to watch it, and, and I'm trying to reserve judgment. I am pessimistically optimistic. I get it. He, he, he understands the style that this this story is written in. He understands Alan Moore's voice. That's all I got from that letter, and, and I, I get that. And he's obviously a fan, and I get that too. Does not mean anything to me. Because I don't like the fact when we talked about this being a thing, I said very straightforward, leave, leave the story be, let the story be the story. Don't try to change it. Don't try to adapt it. If you want to do something beforehand, I'm on board. If you want to do something that takes place afterwards, I'm also on board. Just leave that story in the, the time shell that it's supposed to be in. And then he's not doing that. He's going to adapt the story and add new characters and new things. And I'm not sure I'm on board with that. Like, at all. Like, the reason I actually enjoy the Zack Snyder film is because it is literally a direct page-to-screen adaptation. And I'm not going to get that with this. Also, just because Damon Lindelof understands how this story should be told does not mean that any showrunner who's got something to prove isn't going to ruin that for all of us. Which, I know, Josh, you're going to say, but it's HBO. You can trust HBO. That's what I, I'm going to no, say. No, I don't care. Is it going to be I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody when it comes to this. I'm going to quote Craig Newcomb right now. And I'm going to say, is it on at 9 o'clock on a Sunday? Will it be on at 9 o'clock on a Sunday? If it's on know. at 9 o'clock on a Sunday, it's going to be fucking amazing. I don't know. Do we have a time slot for it? I doubt it's no, 9 o'clock. No, we don't. We even don't. Have, my, my point don't is... We don't even have a script yet. <laughs> you would imagine this is a show that's going to be on at 9 o'clock on a Sunday, right? Yes. Mm, I don't yes. think so. Yes, I imagine, I imagine that it will be. And that said, right, I doubted Craig once with Westworld, and was I wrong? Uh, if they put it on Sunday at 9 o'clock, it's going to be amazing. If they put it on Sunday at 10 o'clock, it's going to be pretty fucking good. I cite Ballers. I cite other shows. Oh, yeah, Ballers. Like, oh, like, uh, no, like Silicon Valley, 10 o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to tell you to go ahead and eat a bag of dicks. I don't care how you eat it. I don't, if you want to put them all in there and nibble on the corner, I don't care if you want to take them out one at a time and just chug them. Whatever you want to do. All right. Uh, I want to end uh, Cave Talk with um, an article I found on CNET that I think would be Brian's equivalence to the Samsung ad that Josh got mad at. Uh, the headline says, it's official. Superhero fatigue syndrome has set in. No, it fucking isn't. Please, no more blockbusters. All my blocks are already busted. Brian, the floor is yours. I, I'm not even going to dignify this article by reading it. All I'm going to say is this. 
if you're judging superhero fatigue by the fact that we had two comic book movies come out three weeks with with in each other, and they both made an obscene amount of money and are oh, still making obscene. an obscene, obscene amount of money, and it's not how, just two. It's you gotta you gotta actually take it because. Black Panther wasn't that long ago. Black Panther is still in theaters and it's out on Blu-ray. You can't sit there and tell me that superhero fatigue is set in when you have a movie that is still making money in the theater when I can go down to my local electronic store or department store and buy it on Blu-ray for 20 bucks. Now, you that's that's a, a stupid and ludicrous statement. And the other thing is, I don't know, I just looked at the top 50 movies, uh, top 50 grossing movies of all time, and half of them are superhero movies with the top 10 being the most recent superhero movies. So you can't sit there and tell me the superhero fatigue syndrome is setting in. That's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. If you're going to judge it by the fact that we saw, we saw a pretty big dip from Avengers when Deadpool came out, it's because Deadpool came out, which is another superhero movie. Like you, you can't judge this by box office alone because Although Freaking, he would tell you he's super, but not a hero. But listen, like <laughs> summer movies, there is a new blockbuster coming out every single month, and every studio knows you are going to lose 50 to 60% of your box office earnings in just one week because that's just how quick these things are coming out. And it, you got so that, I mean, the goal is to make your money up front, make your money within the first week. With all of these, they, they make it and they make it threefold within the first week and then they continue to make money for months afterward all the way up until a blu-ray release how is that superhero fatigue i don't know i didn't read the article because fuck this guy i feel the exact same way but less angry about it here's the most egregious thing that he put in this 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 article which is star wars isn't a superhero franchise of course but it pulls on almost all the same levels as superhero blockbusters it's a high budget geek-friendly affair with all new film takes, and it adds to the deep lore. Call it collateral damage. You're going to also lump in Star Wars with this? And the fact that it's geek-friendly is like, oh, that's also why it's there. So I got to tell you, uh, movies are marketed geek-friendly. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's because we rule the world. By that logic... Point. If Star Wars is... This guy's an idiot. By that logic, then Jurassic Park is also uh, a superhero movie because it's geek-friendly as well. This guy this is... Guy. Who is, is this guy? This guy is Channing Tatum in uh, 21 Jump Street before he learned how valuable what's-his-face is. How does this guy have a job in the industry and I don't? You're a fucking moron, Daniel Van Boom. And you, your name is Van Boom. <laughs> what kind of fucking name is that? That is the name of a JBL speaker, not a human being. <laughs> so listen, I got to put this article in the, in the show notes. I'm very curious to hear what you think about this guy's opinion, just because he's uh, dumb and I have no problem calling him dumb. Uh, so I he's, just would love some he's fucking he's fucking clown shoes is what he is. Okay, this doesn't. Oh, need, sure is. He's fucking clown shoes. This, this doesn't guy. need to be in the show, but he also sat here and wrote an article about how he thought much People, of the public has been pressured be into liking Black Panther. Yeah, so he he did and, write an article about how we got guilted into seeing Black Panther. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. This all should be in the show. This guy is a fucking idiot. Of like of the worst type, like, and then the last paragraph says, play, I'm no "Playing superhero on, movie playing hater. on the social media bullshit, playing on all the this and that, all the divisiveness." Listen, people watch movies to feel good. People Please, don't watch movies because it's their demographic or to explore another one. You idiot! People watch movies because they're amazing and they make them feel something. Black Panther did that. Avengers did that and for fuck's sake deadpool did that and star wars does it too even though it's not a superhero movie what the fuck's wrong with you let me that you're an idiot whatever your name i don't even i don't even care i'm I'm never gonna say your name because yeah like like a voldemort you're actually what's happening right now is that you currently sir guy that wrote all this bullshit you're wasting oxygen that i could be breathing also i want those urls and bits off the internet please because you're taking up valuable server space somewhere and i refuse to acknowledge it uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the uh, big topics for this week. We are uh, going to go into our Deadpool two review. Uh, I do want to say uh, if this is, I do want to say if this is the first time you've listened to the show, uh, we want to have your voice on here. Obviously, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram. 
but you can also call and have your voice on the show, just like uh, my niece and Josh's daughter did. That is 484-373-4119. That number is in the show notes. Go there, leave a voicemail. We will play it on listeners, the air. Listeners, if two seven-year-olds can figure out how to call into this podcast, you can too. I have faith in you. <laughs> My niece is. I think my niece well, is first, seven. Zoe's eight. She's not going to be happy you refer to her seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But I'm sure CJ's niece is far older. Yes, than, absolutely. Than, all right. So 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 yeah, you're far off. Um, I, I'm far off, but my point still stands. <laughs> <laughs> no, if two, yes, if two uh, folks who haven't yet reached the age of majority can figure out how to contribute to the podcast, then all of the listeners should be able to do the same thing. Sounds about right. All right, spoiler warning for Deadpool 2 in 3, 2, 1. Let's talk about this movie. It was good. Um, I don't want to talk about it if that's the way you're going to talk about it. Like orgasmically. Yeah. Like I put it. headphones on. I feel like something happened to your headphones. <laughs> something happened earlier. to my headphones after I saw this movie. So let's talk about this movie. Let's get some just some some first impressions about it. When you left the theater, what were you feeling? Uh, what were you doing? Here's the, the, thing, the thing for me, like, I was going into it ex- expecting a Deadpool movie, which I got. It was a Deadpool movie. Um, if I have to give you a summary, the summary is it's a movie, which overall as a movie wasn't very good. However, comma, if I could, if I could eliminate like Colossus and the X-Men altogether, it might've been amazing. Like, Really, really amazing. I thought the involvement of the X, every every aspect of the X Men's involvement, except for that, when that Hank McCoy shut the door, yeah, right. Except for that moment, like that was the only good X Men thing. My initial impression is it's a good movie, and that doesn't like it's a movie that is good but sucked in parts. That doesn't adequately convey how much emotion I felt throughout the movie. So there, there's my, yeah, for, for me, it was, it was, um, I don't know if I want to say it was as good as the first movie, but I definitely liked it more than a lot of other movies I have seen this, this month, uh, or this summer, however you want to kind of, kind of put it out there. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I, uh, uh, I, I didn't care about its faults. I still had a, just like you said in the last topic, I had a great time in the movie. It was enjoyable. I ate some popcorn and, and had an absolute blast. Laughed a lot, um, and I got a saw. I got to see the Juggernaut, like done by Ryan Reynolds. He was the Juggernaut. Um, that was awesome. So I, I was I was all on board. And then the Stinger uh, is what had me literally uh, rolling on the floor laughing uh, before I left the theater. Brian, and I paid money to see it. By the way, I don't believe you. Um, it was not as good as the first one. But I still enjoyed it. Sure. Um, I I do have some complaints about it from a story standpoint. Yep. But I I did enjoy it, and it was enjoyable. It was funny. It, it had a, a decent character arc for Deadpool. Um, had a great story for Deadpool. Yeah. I I uh, I just there was there was a a, a lack of I, I didn't understand what Deadpool was fighting. He he just it it was him just wanting to die most of the yeah, time. Yeah, he was trying to die. That's yeah. that's well, uh, so okay. Let me. So I'm gonna I'm let's gonna do it. I'm, let's, let's I'm taking I'm I'm gonna take lead here. So now the killing off uh whatever her name is, but Saccharin. What I don't know her name. Marina Baccarin. Baccarin. Yeah. Her name was Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. Killing her off in the opening scene prior to the credits. Um. I did I did not expect and I was very sad about right because not not sad because she's amazing right but that I know what it means for for Wade and that's that's a thing for me uh putting myself into the character and just wanting to experience the film that story was fantastic like it was just so well done well written well executed the story of him trying to get to her via death uh, was a really fantastic story. The problem is it was disrupted by all this bullshit. All, like all the X-Men bullshit didn't matter. The kid 
okay, like I, I get why the kid fits, but like like making him an overweight New Zealander, I'm not sure why that was a thing. Um, but they did sort of stress that. I don't I don't know why it was a thing. So I had I, you know an issue with that piece of the story, and then like beyond that. The humor was fantastic. The action was amazing, as it always is. Mm-hmm. The dubstep uh, was too much. The dubstep was too much. Yeah, thank you. Um, but overall, like, I was so disconnected by the X-Men shit. that The, the actual story where Brian is saying, uh, you know, it's... It's a it's a weird thing. Like I I that was what drew me to the movie. I mean, I I didn't it. think it was a weird thing, but I think like that's a great story to weave into a bigger story. That's and an anchor, Brian. I'm fine with that, but you need you need like you need someone or something he needs to overcome. Like and that like you, it wasn't Cable because after one he, fight with Cable, he teams up with him. He spent the whole movie trying to hit bottom. It like the so here's I guess. If I can summarize, I loved the Deadpool story and I hated all of the other stories. The cl- none yeah. of the other the Colossus None of the other stories made sense. His story made sense and the rest of them did not. Even Cable's did. Yeah, it did not make sense. And and I uh, here was the other thing that 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 I get it and I get why they did this, but the whole thing about the uh, the X-Force and then have everybody dying right away. Even though we saw trailers. Oh, that was a huge red herring. Bedlam that was funny. All that. That was just was pure good. comedy. It was good. But I, I sat there going, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to fix this. Right. It was, it was a this? waste of a solid, like seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I could have dealt with just not, I, I mean, listen, I understand. I was at the point where I was thinking, is, is this what took them over 90 minutes? <laughs> right. But this was the thing where I was like, also at the same time, like, but this is what Deadpool does. It says, hey, you're expecting this? Well, fuck you. I'm going to just do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, but it didn't have to be that long. Uh, yes, I agree that the Wind Advisory should have just been enough to just, you know, get them all out of there. Uh, and I like the fact that Peter at least was saved. And I mean, he's got a time machine, so maybe they'll all come back. Um, uh, Terry Crews gave an interview. No, they're about not. It. He only saved Peter. I know, but he still has. Yeah, it. he really, he really thought Shatterstar was a dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Terry Crews gave a, an interview saying it was it was it was funny because he's like we trolled the whole world and it's it's fun to do that I was I had a blast doing it. like they they made him stay on set and film scenes that they were never going to use right which he's is like, I knew we were doing that it's hilarious and only and I, I'll say this only Deadpool could pull that off because if that happened in any other superhero franchise yeah, people would there would be out, a right? lawsuit there would be a lawsuit on their hands. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, I, the rest of the story again, I thought was, it, it was fine. It was good. It was, it, Here, it passed as a movie better than bright. Here's, here's what I, what, what my thought was, and not so much from a, like a story standpoint or anything like I love these movies, but I don't feel like they'd hell, hold up in 10 years. Like I can watch Avengers 10 years from now oh, and yeah. still get the same experience. But because this movie, especially this one more so than the first one relied so heavily on the pop culture jokes it's not going to stand the test of time and that's my main problem with it like even the first deadpool like it had some of those pop culture references in there but it still was just it's still something you can get 10 years later this was like a little bit too much like just a little bit 10 years from now no one's going to remember that josh boland was playing cable and thanos at the same time like you know it's just little jokes like that the universe will be on the nose What's that? And, and in 10 years from now, the DC universe will be over and it won't be all dark. Oh, stop. No, stop no. It. But I mean, it won't be. But even but 10 years from now, people might not even remember that that was a thing like that. That was like a major concern. And that and that's what I mean. But like the jokes are funny now and the movie is funny now. But like and I'm going to buy it and I still enjoyed the movie. But like 10 years from now, when I put it in here, I feel like this is one of those movies that I show somebody who's maybe never seen it before and have to explain all the jokes and that that immediately takes you out of it um so yeah i mean i i enjoyed the cable storyline but all the x-men stuff i agree but with it was josh so fragmented wasn't it so fragmented no i didn't find it fragmented he he his his he went back in time because th- his family I thought was, it was dead very i thought it was very fragmented um i, I thought I, I the think- only complete story was deadpool was, and and it probably should be that's fine 
but it doesn't make sense that all of the other stories around him were so fucking hodgepodge. They just were incomplete. I think this is just your springboard into a cable Deadpool movie. Into and that's an fine. X-Force and I'm movie. fine with that, right? But like And you need they, this movie to introduce those characters and those. If aspects. they would have focused more on the Deadpool story, right? I, I'd have thought this movie was fantastic. Like as it sits, it's funny. Le- it's entertaining, it's passable, but it's not good. Since we've already brought it up then, I have to know now. Is it better than Ant-Man for you, Josh? Oh, for sure. Okay. I mean, fucking for fuck's sake, Ant-Man is I mean, Ant-Man is the movie that just never got Uh so here's the here's the question I have. I have two questions uh that I have about following up. Uh sequels. Do you think it is buddy cop movie in the sense of Deadpool and Cable or are we getting yes. now X-Force movies that have those two characters but we both. also have ancillary characters. Okay, you think both. Which one's next? I, I think Cable Deadpool would be next. It, again, it, it all depends on what happens with the Disney Fox deal, but I think Cable Deadpool next, and then depending on what happens with this deal, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we can branch off into X-Force because, I mean, if you want to do a really good X-Force movie, you do it with Wolverine. Yeah. And... <laughs> oh, the stinger. The stinger. Yeah. Yes, I, lo- I, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I literally couldn't breathe. <laughs> the stinger, Jesus! I'm just, I'm just here cleaning up timelines. Holy shit! Did you, uh, did you guys catch the cameos? The Brad Pitt Which, cameo. Yes, I Matt caught Damon, Brad Pitt right away. I Matt Damon that, and Alec, Alan Tudyk. I did cameo. not catch Matt Damon. I did catch Tunic, and then uh, it wasn't until I'm well, not Matt Damon's lie. in the same scene. Yeah, I know. It wasn't yeah. until after the movie. I was like, who was the other guy? That my wife was just like, it was what, Matt Damon. Was that was that after the movie or during the movie? During the movie. During, uh, when, okay, so yeah. I there was probably 15 minutes there I fell asleep. Oh. Yeah, there was there was definitely a, a short period. It was of when time Cable was coming. When to Cable the comes back past. to when comes to the past and there's the two truckers talking about the wonderful world of wet wipes and toilet paper. Right. That's Matt Damon any. and Alan. I didn't, see any. I didn't see any. Public service announcement, please don't flush those things. They're terrible for the sewers. Don't just don't use those. They're ter- they say flushable, but they're not. Public service announcement. I did catch the Brad Pitt thing. I, 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 I thought I was a crazy person and I had it confirmed. It felt good. I didn't catch uh, Ryan Reynolds being Juggernaut until afterwards because the credit says Juggernaut as himself. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. who played Juggernaut? And then I found out it was Ryan Reynolds. I was like, oh, alrighty. You got it, bro. I'm on board. Yeah, that that's the, 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 that's the part of the story that was really kind of forced. forced and weird to me. Like, the kid befriending juggernaut and then going back to the essex school like all of that was just and a also, little bit too much stop playing with your food kill him all right yeah like you could have killed him like nine times what the hell yeah uh, i mean so the other parts though the stingers those were fantastic so i want to talk a little bit about the green lantern one because uh, i again rolling on the floor laughing but apparently the good the good people at warner brothers were, were not too happy about it and on twitter have requested that he returned his ring, his Green Lantern ring on it, to which Ryan Reynolds replied, hey, if we had used a Nuva ring on this a couple years ago, we wouldn't even be in this predicament. Ah. So, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers not too happy with the fact that they uh, took, a, took a shot at a... Uh, at- at a Green Lantern, and all really? uh, all that, comic out book, of all the out of all comic Warner book fans, all comic book fans are also not happy that they took a shot at Green Lantern as well, in the sense that they should have made the movie. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Go ahead, please. Out of all the pot shots that took took at DC, that's the one they had an issue with. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, uh, specifically, the Green Lantern team. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think they just they're just having some fun and trying to ride the Deadpool train. <laughs> like, hey, remember we also have movies. <laughs> remember we do we do things too. No, all in all, I like the movie. If I were to give it a grade, I'd give it a solid seven point five. Like I I I I I wouldn't say it's better than the original one. I and, and I honestly, I've seen a lot worse, even superhero movies. So it was a good movie, and I know we're being very critical of it. And we're only talking about the negatives. There was a lot of stuff to like in this movie, too. And a lot of scenes to enjoy in this movie. And I think Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds had this nice little back and forth relationship that I always wanted from Cable and Deadpool when they do eventually team up. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to see that in an entire movie. It just took a little bit too long to get there for me. You know, I agree. I thought the humor, uh, while 
while funny and and I enjoyed it, I, I actually didn't even think about the like replay replay value of the of the movie until now. So you're you're right on with that. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but unfortunately, I can't remember any of the big jokes. Uh, I do remember the action scenes, but I, I really can't remember any any of the humor besides the the mid credit stingers. So uh, you know, it's it's a it's in the low maybe six 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 and a half uh, when it comes to to my score. But again, still a better movie than some other movies I've seen recently. So it, it's still out there. All right, so uh, listen, as I just said before, we uh, got into this uh, spoiler territory. This is not a one-way conversation. We always want to hear from you, so reach out to us on Instagram at that kind of nerd podcast, Twitter and Facebook at that kind of nerd. I am CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. Thank you so much for making us your walk around your neighborhood and your drive to work. We will see you all next week. If you love comics and sci-fi and technology. Television, video games, and fantasy. Well, take a listen to our show, I'm sure you'll see. There's many points where we can agree. Like that Martha as a plot point was just too absurd. And Apple versus Android is a case to be heard. And that Josh Trank's new Fantastic Four was a turd. Well, welcome to the club, because you were that kind of nerd. Guys, I want you to know that for the f- like the first time this baseball season, I did not I was not watching baseball as we recorded because, you know, internet issues. But the Yankees won, and that's important. I thought your favorite hobby was ruining headphones when the world was your oyster. My mother texted me about that <laughs> bullshit, by the way. I legitimately was extremely offended. When we were recording that, Brian was in charge of editing that episode. Yeah, Brian and was I in charge really of editing that Brian episode. I was going to edit that out because <laughs> no, why no, would you, you keep can't that blame in? me. You can't blame me. First off, you do comedy gold, even though that it's a little gross. Stinger, and then, then. And then it, no, it was brilliant. Me. It was My absolutely mom listens brilliant. to the stinger. Like, but it wasn't seen or was in the show, like in the show. My mom listens to the whole show because my mother loves me and she listens till the end. But Stainer, okay? <laughs> Stainer, you justify with, oh, it was Stainer. Like it like it's not really canon, you know, it, it, it but it's there. It's like the it's all canon universe. to me. I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't some sort of Star Wars story we can retcon or anything. There's no going back. You said it. It happened. Oh, I'm supposed to be leading this? You what lead the, the you blockbuster. You gotta warn a brother, man. This is what you do. No, you it's not. It is. It, you do it every month. I don't, don't know why do this is a surprise anything. at all. I, I'm this just, is every single month you do I this. am literally just a dude. Just a dude on a podcast being fun. That's all I do. I'm just a dude on a podcast with another dude. <laughs> just dre- <clears throat> dressed as a dude playing pick another your, dude. Pick your, pick your poison, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in charge of this. You do you.